Hello, welcome to the weekly podcast of Succinct. An information source that helps you save time while keeping you well informed of key events, catalysts, and performance of capital markets. This brief is professional and free of noise. If you are looking for the classic journalistic, future guessing, and tips from self-proclaimed gurus, you can switch off now. These are the must-know highlights from last week. Global markets performed relatively well last week following the collapse of Credit Suisse last Sunday. Leading equity indices and bond markets closed higher. The stress was contained to the banking sector and the focus shifted to Deutsche, Germany's largest bank. Let's briefly review how the Credit Suisse rescue was implemented. Last Sunday, Swiss regulators and the central bank forced a takeover of Credit Suisse by UBS. The government and the Swiss National Bank provided the guarantees and the liquidity line needed for UBS to table a bid to acquire its arch-rival. Credit Suisse shareholders will get UBS shares worth 3 billion Swiss francs, around $3.25 billion as of Friday 17th close price. This represented 60% less than the value of Credit Suisse. In a controversial decision, the Swiss regulator determined that $17 billion worth of junior instruments issued by Credit Suisse would be wiped out. These contingent convertibles, also known as AT1, or additional Tier 1 capital, are the most junior instrument in the bank's capital structure, except for common equity. The move sparked complaints and potential legal claims given that these instruments are supposed to be written off completely in the case of a collapse but the same should apply to the value of common shares. UBS's share price ended the week marginally higher for a total market cap of $66 billion while Credit Suisse dropped to the takeover price. Back to Deutsche Bank. The contagion within the banking sector shifted to the German bank. Shares ended the week 8.5% lower, for a total market value of 17.5 billion euros. The cost of insuring its debt, the value of credit default swaps, jumped to 140 basis points, compared to just 50 basis one year ago. As a comparison, Barclays Bank swaps trade at 72 basis, BNP Paribas at 68, and UBS, now that it incorporates Credit Suisse, also climbed to 154 basis points. These levels reflect a situation that has not spiraled out of control, but is still far from a smooth environment. In the US, the situation at the First Republic Bank worsened. Shares sank 46% to an all-time low and a market value of just $2 billion. The Fed and the Treasury announced that all deposits in the US banking system would benefit from government support. This is how Fed Chairman Jerome Powell covered the topic during a press conference on Wednesday. In the past two weeks, serious difficulties at a small number of banks have emerged. History has shown that isolated banking problems, if left unaddressed, can undermine confidence in healthy banks and threaten the ability of the banking system as a whole to play its vital role in supporting the savings and credit needs of households and businesses. That is why, in response to these events, the Federal Reserve, working with the Treasury Department and the FDIC, took decisive actions to protect the U.S. economy and to strengthen public confidence in our banking system. These actions demonstrate that all depositors' savings and the banking system are safe.
With the support of the Treasury, the Federal Reserve Board created the Bank Term Funding Program to ensure that banks that hold safe and liquid assets can, if needed, borrow reserves against those assets at par. How did the main market indicators perform? The S&P 500 and Nasdaq indexes ended the week around 1.5% higher, while European stocks ended around 1% firmer, far from a panic scenario despite Credit Suisse's collapse. In US markets, the technology sector continues to trade higher, with IT and communication services stocks posting the best performance this year. Interest rates ended the week mostly lower, except for the Swiss market where rates rose. Yields on US treasuries and German boons shifted marginally lower across the curve. Money market rates rose in the US and Britain. The yield on three months US bills rose to 4.70%, while UK bills closed at 4.30%, both well above the long end of the yield curve. The dollar fell half a percent against all major pairs as the euro appreciated nearly 1% on the week to 1.076. It was a very active week for monetary policy decisions. The highly anticipated Fed meeting resulted in a rate hike of 25 basis points, to a range of 4 and 3 quarters to 5%, the highest level since 2007. Regarding the near-term outlook for policy rates, Powell stated the following. We believe, however, that events in the banking system over the past two weeks are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses, which would in turn affect economic outcomes. It is too soon to determine the extent of these effects, and therefore too soon to tell how monetary policy should respond. As a result, we no longer state that we anticipate that ongoing rate increases will be appropriate to quell inflation. Instead, we now anticipate that some additional policy firming may be appropriate. The Bank of England also hiked rates by 25 basis points to 4.25%, its 11th consecutive increase, after a surprise inflation spike in February was reported a day before the meeting. Headline inflation came in at 10.4%, and core inflation at 6.2%, with the food and beverages rising the most since 1977. Also on Thursday, the Swiss Central Bank delivered a 50 basis point increase, to 1.5%. The bank signalled more hikes ahead, as inflation reached 3.4% in February. Finally, Norges, Norway's central bank rose rates by 25 basis to 3%, and also signalled more rises in the short term. In other economic data releases, the PMI, or Purchasing Managers Index, in the US rose to 53 points, while in the Eurozone it printed at 54 points, both reflecting a strong expansion of activity. Regarding next week, there are no scheduled monetary policy meetings in developed countries. South Africa, Mexico and Colombia meet on Thursday. On the data front, PCE inflation in the US will be released on Friday, together with personal income. Also on Friday, the Eurozone inflation reading. That's all for this episode. Please follow us and help us promote our channel. Visit succinct.info to learn more about our service. Have a great week.